0: Anytime, anywhere Don't be caught off guard Make sure you prepare Hurricane or a tsunami Fire and flood threaten your safety Danger approaching Pay attention To the warnings and advisories Your essential life items Back and ready
1: Welcome to Real Talk in the Face of Danger, a series by the Department of Emergency Management aimed to sensitize the Barbadian population on the importance of preparedness and safety measures they should implement before, during and after disaster. I'm Crystal Hoyt, a multimedia journalist and your host for this series. Let's jump right in. 2020 was without a doubt a challenging year for many as we navigated uncertain times with COVID-19. And along with dealing with a global pandemic, in 2020 we also had a record-high hurricane season, emphasising the importance of preparing and planning for a disaster as best as we can. And today I'm joined by Captain Robert Herwood. He's the Substantive Deputy Director at DEM, presently seconded to the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency, SEDEMA as we know it, as a Senior Program Officer. Captain Herewood has over 18 years' experience in the discipline of disaster management, both locally and regionally. He is well qualified in disaster management and has been part of the team deployed in response of major hurricanes like Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Dorian, just to name a few. Thank you for joining me, Captain Herewood.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Looking at all that has happened in 2020 in Barbados and across the globe, how important is it to be prepared for a disaster?
0: When we make preparations for a hazard impact, we have certain expectations. And therefore, this allows us to reduce our fear and anxiety for the event and any severe losses that can be attributed to the hazard event. Protecting oneself during a hazard impact requires planning. Emergency planning is not a one-off event. It is a continual cycle of planning, training, exercising and the revision using the emergency management life cycle, which includes mitigation, preparedness, response, recovery and rehabilitation considerations. And for Barbados, we have seen that having emergency or disaster plans have served us well in our preparations and responses during the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season, as well as through this ongoing pandemic. We have also recognized that during a crisis event, plans change. Plans change constantly and situations develop or evolve. Therefore, plan documents are living documents. They must also change in order to be succinct with the new situation. When we plan, we create measures that could Implement either before, during, or after the hazard event occurs in order to prevent or minimize any damage caused by the hazard. Planning, therefore, allows us to reduce the impact of hazards. Just knowing, for example, who to call, where to go to, are some of the essential recommendations within our planning cycle. Other aspects of our plan may include flood-proofing our home, elevating our home, moving contents out of harm's way, and securing items that could come loose during an earthquake. Emergency planning at the national level will generally be in greater detail than those at the community, family or individual levels, and it would include stakeholders within the national emergency environment system, for example, ministries, departments, emergency services and the private sector, not forgetting the community groups and NGOs. Actually, at the regional level, Sima has prepared several model plans which participating states could adopt and adapt for their particular needs.
1: Why is it important?
0: It is important because emergency or disaster plans do provide preventative and response measures which are essential for either avoiding or reducing the impact of hazards on the society. Planning allows us to, first of all, reduce or avoid losses from a hazard, assure prompt assistance to victims, achieve rapid and effective recovery. It allows stakeholders to know what to do and when to do it, and it also builds resilience within a community or country, giving the country the ability to withstand future shocks from hazards. We cannot always avoid severe hazard impacts, but having a plan does help to minimize the potential damage and get operations back up and running as quickly as possible. In Barbados and the region, there are emergency plans for preparedness and responses to all known hazards, both natural and man-made. These include, for example, tropical weather systems, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, tsunami, pandemic, and hazardous materials, etc. And then there are supporting plans for mass care, mass casualty management, sheltering, relief, feeding, housing, search and rescue, and many, many more. There are three tiers to planning, strategic, operational, and tactical planning. Within strategic planning, which is done at a national level, this describes how a jurisdiction wants to meet its emergency management responsibilities over a long period. It sets policy, guidance, and scope and expectations for operational planning. So we note, for example, that the Honourable Prime Minister and Cabinet sets the overarching strategy and policy conditions for Barbados' COVID-19 response plan. Within operational planning, this is where the framework for tactical planning is done. Operational plans advises what should be done and how, and this is by providing a description of roles and responsibilities, tasks, integration, and actions required for jurisdiction or departments and agencies during emergencies. Again, in Barbados, for example, during our COVID-19 response, the Ministry of Health, through its Health Emergency Operations Centre, is providing the operational guidance to the tactical elements. Within tactical planning, this is done now on the spot or in the field and focuses on managing personnel, equipment and resources that play a direct role in an incident response. It directs how the plan should be executed to be effective in saving lives and property. During the COVID-19 response in Barbados, for example, we know that the Ministry of Health to the monitoring unit, polyclinics, isolation and quarantine centres are providing the tactical responses to the virus.
1: Captain Herwood, we can never prepare for everything that life throws at us, but what are the basic steps to planning for a disaster that you can share for our listeners?
0: There are generally five basic steps in emergency planning. I'm probably going to go through about three here. First of all, we have to know what we're planning for. What are the hazards that we are vulnerable to? Once we have identified the hazards that threaten us, as at individual, family, or community level, or even at country level, we can begin the planning process. So we use a tool called a hazard vulnerability analysis, which acts a series of questions to determine what hazards are present in our community, and which ones, by ranking, poses the most significant threats. For example, Barbados is threatened by storm surge from hurricanes, But persons living away from the coast will not necessarily identify storm surge hazards as one of their vulnerabilities, unlike those living on the coast. Next, we want to form a planning team. And this is because no one person will have all the answers, so it's imperative that as many stakeholders as possible be involved in the planning process. We all need to know what the plan states in order for it to be effective. Third, we need to determine the goals and objectives, and then we need to develop the plan. In developing the plan, You would want to ensure that, one, it is comprehensive, covers all aspects of emergency mitigation, preparedness, response, and recovery, and two, it is risk-based in that it considers all the hazards identified in our hazard and vulnerability assessment. There are emergency plan templates available on request from the Department of Emergency Management. Next, which is probably the most important aspect, is the implementation and the maintenance of the plan. After implementing the plan, which is making it known, its effectiveness is assessed through training and exercising, as well as its evaluation through actual events. Now, this determines whether the goals and objectives outlined in the plan led to a successful response. In our planning process, however, we may also look at and be guided by lessons learned and practices from other countries or communities which have similar vulnerabilities or would have been impacted by similar events.
1: Captain Herod, what is the main thing you want our listeners to take away?
0: The thing is that we all have an important role to play in ensuring our survival and recovery from emergencies or disasters. In doing so, we must always be aware of the various types of hazards that may affect us and recognize our vulnerabilities and risks to them. But in the final analysis, the plan document is our guide and should always be understood as that. We must also remember too that within our plans, the human aspect is heavily relied on to work the plan. But It is the human aspect that is most challenged when there is a serious hazard impact. Therefore, any plan must account for this as well.
1: So, knowing what hazards you are vulnerable to, forming a plan, implementing the plan, and testing the plan... Very insightful. Thank you very much for joining me on today's podcast, Real Talk in the Face of Danger, a series by the Department of Emergency Management aimed to sensitize the Barbadian population on the importance of preparedness and safety measures they should implement before, during and after disaster. I'm your host, Crystal Hoyt, and until next time, be safe.